And uh, we're going to start a new series today, something I've never, ever preached on before. And, uh, but it's going to be good. Everybody say, it's going to be good. Now, I'm going to need you to respond really well today. Can we do that to- together? We're going to respond today together. So I'm going to respond in my preaching, and you're going to respond back to me, right? Amen. Let's practice. One, two, three. Amen. Okay, there we go. Let's try it again. One, two, three. Okay, so we're going to respond because the better you respond, the better I preach. The better you respond, the better I preach. So we're going to start a new series today. And like I said, it's something I've never talked about. And um, it's something that I've never had to talk about because your former pastor used to talk about it all the time. So I never had to talk about this because I wasn't in this position. So today... Uh, we're going to start this new series called Stranger Things. Stranger Things. And just real quickly before we get into this message, before you run out of the sanctuary right now, um, this series, we're going to talk about the supernatural. Look at your neighbor and say, ooh. Okay. We're going to talk about the supernatural. We're going to talk about uh, angels, and we're going to talk about demons. We're going to talk about the unseen world, and we're going to give you answers today from the Bible because the Bible has answers on what we should know about those things. A lot of times when we we get to talking about something like this, the world and even the church are intimidated by it because they don't have answers. And how many know if you don't know about something, that's when you're afraid of it. When you don't have knowledge, you're afraid of it. And so today, when you get knowledge about the supernatural, about angels, about demons, about the unseen world, when you get knowledge from the Bible, the fear leaves because you have knowledge from God's word. So there's nothing to be afraid of. Can I get amen so far? And so once we get into this, we realize that God has answers for us. He has truth for us on these subjects of the supernatural, angels, demons, the unseen world. He has answers for us. So by the end of this series, there's going to be no reason for you to fear at all. The Bible says God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. And when we get into the Bible and we know what the Bible says, all the fear leaves when we get knowledge. In the Old Testament, it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So the enemy can take advantage of us when we don't know certain things. So that's why we're talking about this series. And I also know, I'm very aware, it is October. And a lot of people celebrate Halloween at the end of this month. So there's a lot of questions people have. There's a lot of things on TV, a lot of movies that you're going to see. A lot of times that we have to cover Natalie's eyes during this season of the year. uh, Because Halloween's coming up. And there's a lot of questions about that. Some people have questions about ghosts and haunted houses and the supernatural. And they want to know information. You came to the right church today. Okay? So we're going to start today. Now, this is just the first part, so I'm not going to answer every question you have today. We're going to start today, and we're going to go the rest of the month talking about stranger things and the world of the supernatural. Okay? There's nothing to be afraid of. Colossians 1 and verse 15 We're going to start there in the New Living Translation. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. 
He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. Now, this is the key part of the verse. Now, really listen to what we're going to say here. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see. Such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Could we leave this verse up here? Just leave it up here. So notice that God made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. So we're going to start today talking about the supernatural, the unseen world. So we see that this verse says that God created everything. How many agree with that? God created everything. And he created the world. He created the universe. He created the stars. He created the planets. He created the galaxies. But he also created all spiritual beings, natural beings. He created all the animals. He created everything that we see, but also the things we cannot see. God created all those things. And he is above all those things, and he has authority over all those things. And we as believers have authority over them also. And so it says that God created things that we can see and things that we cannot see. Some translations say God created the visible and the invisible. But notice what it says that he created such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities, in the unseen world. Everybody say the unseen world. So that's what we're going to talk about first, and then we're going to kind of get into angels today, the first part of this series. You still with me so far? And so God created things that we can see and things that we cannot see. He created the visible and he created the invisible. And there is beings in the visible and the invisible realm in the seen and the unseen realm. Now, we are human beings. Yes, we are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. But we are living as human beings on this earth. So we only can perceive things from our five senses. What we can see with these eyes. What we can feel. What we can taste. What we can touch. What we can hear with these ears. And so we as human beings, unless God opens up the door for us to see into the other world, a lot of times we're unaware of it, but it doesn't make it any less real. Unseen does not mean unreal. It just means that we can't perceive it a lot of times with our natural senses because we're living as human beings. But doesn't mean it's not real. God just said through his word, what did he say? He created everything that is seen and unseen, visible and invisible, and it's in the unseen world. And in reality, the unseen world or the supernatural is more real than the world that we live in. Because the world that we live in is only temporary. Do you guys know that? We're all going to live and we're all going to die here. No one's getting out without going that way. 
Even the planet is dying and decaying as we speak. It's only temporary. Just like our bodies are only temporary. So the supernatural or the unseen world or the spiritual realm is more real than the natural realm that we live in. Because it's temporary. But the supernatural realm is eternal. Now, I didn't throw it over your head so far, have I? Now, once again, why am I talking about this? Because what you don't know about, you're afraid of. And the enemy can take advantage of you when you don't know the truth. And God has answers. And I would not be a good pastor if I don't give you answers from God's word on the truth. Because you hear a lot of junk from people on TV. You hear a lot of junk on social media on people who think they know what they're talking about when it comes to the supernatural. And they don't. That's why we have to go to the Bible and listen to what the Bible says. So the supernatural or unseen world is beyond what we can see or beyond what we can sense. That's why a lot of times we are unaware of it throughout our day. We are unaware of the unseen world. But then we get in certain situations where God reveals himself to us. Anyone had that experience? It's supernatural. You feel something that you don't feel normally. That is the supernatural presence of God. Or you hear something. Or you sense something. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. But what's happening there, there is beings from another world trying to communicate with you. There is supernatural beings, ultimately God, but there's also good and and evil beings that are in that unseen world. So let me give you an example of this. 2 Kings 6, verse 15. 2 Kings 6, verse 15. Of this happening. So God created everything once again, seen and unseen. He created all these things in the unseen world. So this is an example. So 2 Kings 6, 15 through 17. Now when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside... There were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. And he said, oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Now, a little context of this. Elisha was being surrounded by armies because they were coming to take Elisha down. And so Elisha said to his servant, notice what he said, don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than there are on theirs. Verse 17, then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. So now this is an example of what I'm talking about. There was angels all around Elisha, But to the natural person, they couldn't see it. Why? Because it's in another world. It's in another dimension that the natural man can't see, can't hear, can't understand. But Elisha, since Elisha was a prophet, God had given him the ability to see in that other realm, in that other dimension. And so when the servant came to Elisha and said, what are we going to do? 
There is a whole entire army to get one guy, Elisha the prophet. And he said, don't be afraid. There's more with us than there is of them. Now imagine if you were the servant. You say, what are you talking about? There's two of us. And there's hundreds of them. But he said, no, you don't get it. There's an unseen world. There's an unseen realm that you don't know anything about. And it's greater than this natural world that we're living in. And he said, God opened his eyes so he can see into that other world and realize that there is more with us than there is with them. And what happened, God answered his prayer and that servant saw that the army was surrounded by angelic beings. By beings that were coming to protect Elisha and his servant. But notice that only happened when God opened his eyes to see it. And in your everyday life, a lot of times God doesn't need to open your eyes to see it. But that doesn't mean it's not real and it's not there. The supernatural is real. The unseen realm is real. The unseen world is real And unless God shows us into it, a lot of times we don't perceive it. But we have to believe God's word and have faith in it for it to work for us. And that's the example that I wanted to give you guys from 2 Kings was that it's real and it's around us all the time. And unless God shows us, we're unable a lot of times to perceive it naturally. So today I want to talk more specifically about not just spiritual beings, but the spiritual beings that are good and holy and right, which the Bible refers to as angels. Everybody say angels. Angels. Now, if you got your Bibles with you, let's turn over to Hebrews 1, 13 and 14. And we're going to start there talking about not just spiritual beings, but good spiritual beings. The Bible refers to as angels. Once again, just because you don't see it and you don't feel it and you don't hear it doesn't mean it's not real. It's in the unseen realm, the unseen world. So Hebrews 1 and verse 13 It says, and God never said to any of the angels, sit on the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Verse 14, therefore angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. Notice that, therefore angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. Salvation. So in the context of Hebrews 1, he's talking about, the writer of Hebrews is talking about Jesus being greater than angels. Which he is. Because Jesus is not a created being like an angel is. He is God. And it's saying that Jesus is greater than angels, but notice he gives us some knowledge or some revelation on what angels are. Therefore, angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit Salvation. Now, how many in here have inherited salvation? Anybody saved here? Anybody going to heaven here? Raise your hand. Hi. So angels are sent to help you. 
it says the reason and the purpose that God created angels and angelic beings, the reason he created them was to serve, was for service. He created angels to not only serve God, but to serve those who would be the children of God. Come on, and that's us. He says he sent them to be servants sent out to care for those who will inherit salvation. And if you've received Jesus, guess what? You have received salvation. And angels are a part of your inheritance as a believer and a child of God. Now, these are spiritual beings that are good, holy, righteous, and they were made by God to serve and to help his children. Now, when we get to heaven, we're probably not going to need angels because there's going to be nothing there to hurt us. But God knew we would be in this world, but we wouldn't be of this world. But he knows we have an enemy in this world. And he knows that there is the devil, the world, and the flesh. And we need protection from them. And we need help on this planet. And we need someone to help us that is supernatural. So he made angels to come and help and serve the children of God. That's why he made angels to be servants for the children of God. If you're taking notes today, some of the titles that angels are given in the Bible is messengers. Sometimes the Bible refers to angels as watchers. Other times it refers to angels as a sent one. So angels, when you see angel in the Bible, majority of time, it's referring to a good, holy, righteous, spiritual being that God created to help and serve his children. Now, some angels have wings, some don't. That's not important. (laughs) Whether they help you or not, that's what's important. Because there's times in the Bible that angels appeared to people and they looked like human beings. There's times in the Bible where they appeared and they had wings and they were very large. So you can't judge it based off of that. The important thing is, are the angels that God has given to us helping us? You still here? Is it okay if I teach you? I know I normally don't talk like this on Sunday mornings, but I'm just trying to give you some knowledge here. So angels are messengers, watchers, sent ones that God created. They are a created being. They are not God. Angels are not children. Angels are not fat babies playing harps. Angels are not your dead relatives. They are created beings. And actually, if your dead relative was an angel, that would be a downgrade for them. Because we are created in a higher class than angelic beings as children of God. They are sent to serve us, to help us, to care for us, to assist us. So let's read this again. Hebrews 1, 13, 14. Therefore, angels are only servants. So their calling is to serve. Angels are spiritual beings that God has sent to serve not only him, but his children, sons and daughters of God. They are spirits. Now, once again, a spirit is unseen. That's why you can't see angels unless God would reveal them to you. Just last night, Natalie asked me, Daddy, have you ever seen an angel? I said, no, I haven't. 
She goes, well, I want to see one. I said, well, I can't make that arrangement happen. <laughs> I said, talk to Paul Paul about it. Because he sees angels every morning. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but Natalie so far has told every one of her teachers that, now this is a good thing, I ain't scared of those teachers, <laughs> religious teachers. She said, Paul Paul, my grandpa, is the angel man. And he wrote a book about angels, and he sees angels. And the teacher says, okay. Sure he does. She's like, no, he does. He sees angels. But I've never seen an angel. I believe in them. Have you ever seen God? No. But do you believe in him? Yeah. Because he's in the unseen world. He's in a dimension bigger and greater than the dimension that we live in. That's why unless he reveals himself to us, we can't perceive him or hear him or understand him. Because he's been created, well he hasn't been created, but the angels that he created and where he lives is in a greater dimension than where we live today. So, just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. Spirits, notice, they're unseen. And the Word of God says God is a spirit. The real you living on the inside of you is a spirit. That's the real you. You live in a body, but that's not the real you. It's just your house that you're living in right now. Spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. People that will inherit salvation. So I just wanted to uh, give you a couple words for this. It says that they are sent to care for. Some translations say they are sent to help. They're sent to care. They're sent to assist. They're sent to serve the people who will inherit salvation. Now, once again, who's that? It's me. Angels were made to help me, to care for me, to assist me, to serve me. Because I'm a child of God and I am taking part in my inheritance of salvation. That's a part of it. Angelic help and angelic beings helping us is a part of salvation. So we see that angels are created beings that God created to serve, help, care, assist the children of God. They are beings that are holy, that are good, that are righteous. And they are beings that God has created to help us. Come on, is anybody getting any help so far? They're there to help us. So we see that just because they're not seen with our natural eyes does not mean they're unreal. Just in the same way God is not always seen. It's because they're living in that unseen world, which is far greater, bigger, more powerful than the dimension in the place that we live at. That's why we can't perceive it. So, I just want to talk to you just for a few more minutes about angels and why they work in some people's lives and why they don't work in other people's lives. Come on, let's just get to the point. Right? <laughs> Why do they work in some people's lives and why don't they work in other people's lives? 
Because if you ask majority of people, I think more people would say, yes, they believe in angels more than they would say, yes, they believe in God, which is kind of weird. A lot of people believe in angelic beings, but they believe in it in the same way they believe in a rabbit's foot. In the same way they believe, believe in a lucky charm that's in their car keeping them protected. They just believe it in the general sense, not really having faith in the ministry of angels. Kind of like the Bible says, it's good that you believe in God, so do all the demons. Good job. But you realize the demons are not getting help from God just because they believe in him. They have to have faith in him, which they won't ever have faith in him. But the point is, yeah, it's awesome you believe that angels exist and angels are for us, but that's only part of it. You have to have faith in the angelic ministry and angelic help to receive from them. That's why things happen to people that shouldn't have happened because people don't have faith and the angels that are here to help them, care for them, serve them, and assist them. And people will blame God. Well, God, I believe in angels. Why did this happen? Do you? I mean, you believe they exist, but it has to be more than that for the angels to be able to work in your life. With all the promises of God that we see in the Bible... And all the inheritance we have from God, how do we receive it? Anybody want to say it? Three people, faith. This is a faith church for over 30 years. Let's try this again. How do you receive from God the promises of God? How do you receive your inheritance from God? Okay. A little bit better. The three people that answered get extra praise bucks after service. How do we receive from God? Faith. Not just believing that they exist, but faith in them for them to work. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven six that you have to believe that God is, but not just that, but that he's able to respond to you. Not just believe that he exists, because that doesn't just help you just to believe that God exists. But that God wants to respond back to you. That you can receive something from him. That he's a real person. That you can have a relationship with him. You have to have faith more than just, I believe in the God. I believe in the Lord. I believe. A lot of people say that because they're just afraid to say they don't believe in anything. Not that they actually really believe in him. But it's the same way with the angels. We can't just believe they exist because all of you in here would say angels exist. God exists. Demons exist. Spiritual beings exist. We believe that. But for the angels to work in our life, because it is a promise from God. It's a part of our inheritance as believers and children of God that angels would help the children of God which that's us 
They would serve us. They would assist us. They would protect us. They would help us and care for us because that's what they're called to do. But for us to receive it as children of God, we have to have faith. So what's faith? Faith is you believe it in your heart, but then you confess it out of your mouth for the angels to work in your life. That is the answer right there on why most people don't receive angelic assistance. Good people die when they shouldn't because they didn't receive angelic protection because they never speak their faith. Good people go through tragedies and don't get help because they never use their faith and they never believe in an angelic help and angelic beings to come and assist them. They never use their faith and speak it out of their mouth. And you know what those same people will say? Well, why didn't God do this? Where's my guardian angel at? He's unemployed. And you put him there in the unemployment line. Not that he didn't want to help, but since you didn't speak your faith, since you didn't believe in his help, his hands are tied. You, you guys want some scripture for this, don't you? Okay. Daniel 10 and verse 11. I'm not just making this up. I got verses here, people. Daniel, Daniel 10 and verse 11. Not Danielle. I didn't know she wrote a book of the Bible. <laughs> Daniel 10 and verse 11. And it says, And the angel said to me, O Daniel, you greatly beloved man, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright for you that I am now sent. And while he was saying this word to me, I stood up trembling. So this is an angel talking to Daniel. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, from the first day, that you set your mind and heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God. Listen to this. Your words were heard. Now what's the next part say? And I have come as a consequence of and in response to your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief of the celestial princes, came to help me, for I remained there with the king of Persia. Let's go one verse back. Daniel 10 and verse 12. What does it say? Now, this is Daniel who was a prophet in the Old Testament. And he had received angelic help before. Anybody remember Daniel's in the lion's den? That was in chapter 6. Daniel in the lion's den. What happened there? The king threw him in a pit with a lion. And he expected him to not be there in the morning. And in the morning, Daniel came out of the lion's den. Now, these lions were hungry. And he said, read it for yourself. I actually have the, the verse down here. You can write it down. Daniel 6. Verse 21, that's the verse. Daniel 6, verse 21. It says that God sent an angel last night when y'all were partying and thinking that I was gone. God sent an angel last night and he shut the mouth of the lion. That's why I'm still here in the morning. So Daniel the prophet, he had some experience with angels before. 
In the lion's den, there was an angel that shut the mouth of the lion. But this is a different situation that Daniel is praying as a prophet for help. And what does it say? The angel spoke to him and said, Your words were heard, and I have come as a consequence of and in response to your words. Now, this is Daniel. He's a prophet, but he's under the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. He is a human being. And the angel said to him, I came for your words. God's words? Whose words? He said, I've come for your words. And the moment you prayed it, even though you didn't see anything, I was coming to help you. The moment you pray, now this can help some people in their prayer life. The moment you pray it, heaven hears it. And just because you don't get immediate results doesn't mean they're not on their way to come help you and come assist you and come care for you. It says the moment you prayed it, Daniel, I heard you. And I have come as a consequence and in response to your words. Once again, Daniel is a man. No different than you and I. Under an old covenant, which we're in a better covenant, the new covenant. And then the angel said, I have come to help you, to assist you, to care for you because of your words. You know what most people do? If Daniel was religious, he would still be at home waiting on God. And you know what? If, if tragedy hit Daniel's life, he would blame God and say, God, why didn't you help me? Why didn't you do anything? Why didn't you send your angels to do anything to, to come help me? You, you said I have angels that are here to protect me. Why didn't it work? Because of his words. Because we as children of God have authority. In the unseen world. We have authority over the good spiritual beings. And we have authority over the evil spiritual beings. In the unseen world. And it only happens when we believe in our heart. And confess with our mouth. The word of God. But we have power in our words. So why isn't it working? Right here. Right here in our mouth. It says your words were heard. And I have come as a consequence of and in response to your words. Do you believe that today? So if angels are going to happen in our life, if they're going to work, if we're going to receive angelic help and angelic ministry in our lives, we have to speak words of faith out. Why? Because the angels come for our words. Let's look at Psalm 103, verse 20. You guys get something so far today. Psalm 103, verse 20 in the Passion Translation. I love this. Talking about angels, it says, So bless the Lord, all his messengers of power. Come on, isn't that a good verse? Bless the Lord, all his messengers of power, for you are his mighty heroes who listen 
intently to the voice of his word to do it. Talking about angels, he said, who listen intently to the voice of his word to do it. Everybody just open your ear up like this. This is what the angels are doing, not just in heaven, but on earth. They're waiting to hear something so they can go to work. They're waiting for someone to speak out their faith so they can go to work. They're waiting to hear the word of God so they can do something with it, so they can work in the lives of his children. They're, they have their ears. What does it say? They are intently listening. So what does it say? Bless the Lord, all his messengers of power. The angels are powerful. For you are his mighty heroes who listen Intently to the voice of his word to do it. Let's leave this up here. Listen intently to the voice of his word to do it. So the angelic beings, we're talking about good angels, holy angels, right angels that God has assigned to us as his children. They are waiting on us. Anybody ever heard of a book, Angels on Earth, Waiting on You? Get your autograph copy today. He's right here. Get him to sign it. But it's true. They're waiting on us. They're listening for something to work with. They're listening for the children of God, the sons and daughters of God, to speak up and say faith words so they can work with them and they can serve, help, and assist the children of God. And it says the angels are listening intently to the voice of his word to do it. Listening intently to the voice of his word to do it. Now, what is God's word? Anybody got one of these? Could you wave it in the air and wave it like you just don't care? Some of you got your cell phones because you're texting part-time and then the rest of the time you're scrolling through social media, then you turn back to your Bible app when the usher comes by. Okay. Or on your iPad. No, you're good. You're good. So, so what is his word? God's word. What is God's word? But it says they're not looking to read God's word. They are listening intently to the voice of his word. To do it. They're listening intently to the voice of his word. I know I'm repeating myself. They're listening intently to the voice of his word to do it. So this is God's word. Let's hear what it has to say. Wrong. Wrong chapter. Sorry. Oh, this is a good verse on angels. Let's listen to the voice of the word. <laughs> Brother Les, where's your Bible at? Maybe Brother Les's Bible will work better than mine because his Bible's more spiritual. <laughs> the angels are listening intently to the voice of his word to do it. That means someone has to give voice to his word. Now, what does it mean to give voice? To speak. 
you. It's not enough. Well, I know the angel verses in the Bible. There's no voice to that word until you give it one. Until you turn in your Bible and you say, the angels protect me and they guard me and they keep me safe. And then you turn over here. It gives no voice until you say it with your own mouth and you say, I'm delivered from every evil work and preserved to his heavenly kingdom. And what are they doing? They're listening for the voice of his word. Not just the written word because there's no voice to it. They're listening to the voice of his word to do it. (laughs) Not just to stand there and say, oh, that's great. No, they're listening for the voice of the Lord to go do what you just confessed out of your mouth. They're listening to the voice of the Lord so they can go and be put into action and do what they've been called and anointed to do as angels. So we have to give voice to the word for the angels to do it. Why? Because the angels are listening to the voice of his word to do it. Let's say this together. I have to give voice to the word for the angels to work in my life. Not God. There's God's part and there's our part. God did his part. See it? Do you, do you guys see this? God did his part. Stop waiting on him. He did his part. You see it? He wrote it down. Now it's your turn to do something with it. Give voice to the word of God to do it. If it works for salvation, how do you get saved? You've got to believe in your heart and confess in your mouth. Then you will be saved. How do you get healed? You have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth to be healed. How do you become prosperous? You have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth to be prosperous. It works the same with the angels as it does with those things. Why? Because it's faith. And it works the same with all the promises of God. All the inheritance of God is received by faith. I'm just trying to help you to receive your help. Because angels are voice activated. And they're listening for the voice of the word. Now once again, they're listening to the voice of the word. So if you say something that's not the word, they're not doing anything. If you say something like, you know, I'll probably get in an accident today. You know, the traffic's kind of crazy out. Now, the angels are not going to work with that. They're not going to work with that. They're listening to the voice of the word. To help, to assist, to care for. Now, I'm going to show you before we close here how to practically do this. Let's look at Psalm 91. In verse 9, starting in verse 9. Psalm 91 in verse 9. Now there's hundreds of verses in the Bible that you can speak out. There's hundreds of verses in the Bible that talk about angelic help, angelic ministry. But I'm just going to give you an example. How would you do this practically in your own life? You want the angels to work in your life. You believe in them. 
How would you do that? Well, you have to believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. You got to speak faith, but you got to speak His word. Not just any word, His word. So Psalm 91, once again, this is a promise for us, but it doesn't happen unless we believe it and speak it. Psalm 91 and verse 9. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for He will order His angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And you will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. Now, in that verse, it's talking about, it's not talking about physically lions and tigers and bears on mine. He's talking about spiritual forces that are not good. Verse 14, the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me and I will protect those who trust in my name. And when they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. Verse 16, I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Okay, so how do we do this? Real easy. Real easy. The angels, once again, what are they doing? They're listening. They're listening to do the word of God. They're listening for the voice of the word. Who has to put voice to it? We do. Who has to speak it out? We do. We have to give voice to his word. So let's put that verse back up there again. Psalm 91. This is how you do it. You ready? This easy. You can do this with any verse. Listen to this. You wake up in the morning. You're praying. You're worshiping God. And you want to believe that the angels of God, they're going to protect you today. This is how easy it is. You just get in the Word of God. Take your Bible. It would help you to get your Bible with you so you know what the Word of God says. Psalm 91, verse 9. You say, God, I thank you that you're my refuge. I'm not trying to oversimplify this, but this is how you do it. You pray the word of God. Because I made you my shelter, God, and I thank you for that today. I believe today that no evil will conquer me and no plague will come near my home. That means no sickness, no disease. What am I doing? I'm giving voice to the word of God. Verse 11 And I believe, Father God, in your angels. And I believe they protect me wherever I go. Father, I believe in angelic ministry, and I believe the angels go today, and they protect me wherever they go. Notice, I'm not just praying stuff, making it up. Because God doesn't have to back up what you make up. What is he backing up? His word. Notice, and then you just pray, God, I believe you'll hold me up today that I'm not going to even trip over a stone. Not even going to scuff my shoe on anything because I got some new J's on my feet. Verse 13, trample upon lions and cobras and bears, oh my, I will crush them. So he's talking about any demonic power that would come against my life. I'm going to walk right over it today in Jesus' name. Next verse. Father, I thank you. You will rescue me because I love you. 
Now, you gotta, you got to make it personal when you get into the Bible, when you're praying and you're speaking God's word. And I believe, Father God, you will protect me because I trust in your name. And when I call you, Father, I believe you're going to answer me. And if I get in trouble today, Father, I believe you will rescue me and honor me. That's how you speak God's word. Verse 16, and I believe, Father, that you're going to give me a long life, a satisfying life, a fulfilling life, because your word says that so I can believe it and I receive it, but I have to speak it out of my own mouth. And you will reward me with a long life and give me your salvation. That's how you do it. Did you guys just receive that? That's how easy it is to speak the word of God out of your mouth. And there's hundreds and hundreds of promises in the Bible that are like that. There's hundreds and hundreds of the words of God that speak about your inheritance. But you have to give voice to his word for it to come to pass. Why? Because the angels are listening intently to the voice of his word. And notice when I just spoke that, I gave the angels permission to work in my life. Why? Because I have authority. And if I wouldn't have said that, guess where they would have been? With their hands tied. But because I spoke out the word of God and gave voice to his word, they went into action to do it. That's what Psalm 103 just said, to do it. You give voice to it for them to do it, to work in your life, to protect you, to help you, to assist you, to care for you. That's how easy it is. And I just picked Psalm 91 because that's about angels and protection. But there's a lot of other verses like that in the Bible. That's how easy it is. And when you do it, when you're praying the word and when you're speaking the word, make it personal. And make it present tense. Not, God, you're going to help me one day. No, God, you're helping me today. No, God, you're protecting me today. You're rescuing me today. No, don't put it off in the future because that's not faith. Faith is now. So, God, I believe you're helping me today, and I believe your angels are with me today, and I believe protection is happening over my life and my family today. Not in the sweet by and by when we get to heaven. That's how you pray prayers of faith. Come on, did you guys get something today? Come on, let's stand up with, with me for a second, and we're going to speak out some things. Morgan, could you come play for a moment, please? Thank you, Father. Did you guys get something today about the angels of God helping us?